Welcome to the Security Box Podcast number 78. I'm Jared Reimer. On this edition of the program, not only do I cover Windows updates, but I also cover some of a webinar that I attended prior to the program that was aired on January 19th, 2022. While I did start with a listener on Clubhouse and they eventually left, we think that you will have a grand listening time learning about the ecosystem of ransomware, where we've gone and what might be happening, as well as learning about what Windows Update had to offer us this month. And I will be back with another edition of the security box next week at its normal time on the mix which is 11 a.m pacific time 1 p.m central time on the independent channel thank you so much for listening to this contact information is given throughout and enjoy what you're listening to Thank you so much, and make it a great day. Welcome to Jared's shop. May I take your order for a username and password? The sign says Jared's shop. It said nothing about usernames and passwords. Yes, sir. Usernames, passwords, credit card information, all sorts of breach data. You name it, you've got it here at Jared's shop. Well, that sounds lovely, but I really only wanted to pick up a USB drive. Well, sorry, sir, but the USB drives come with all sorts of data, all for sale right here, right now. At the asking price of at least $100. Well, USB drives start at least at 10 bucks. 
I need a USB drive so that I can store some data on it of my own, such as audio book files, files from the library, the library, the library maybe some backups of some other stuff. And if need be, I'd like to be able to send some stuff to some people and they only have the capacity of receiving them through flash drives. So I need blank ones. Well, sorry, sir, but we don't have any blank flash drives here. If we did, whatever you wanted from usernames, passwords, and more can be put on these drives, but at a premium cost. Sorry, sir, I'm not interested in that. I'll just have to find another shop. Welcome to the security box. The security box with Jerry And on 98.6 The Mix's independent channel, and we're also on Clubhouse. Welcome to the security box. This is program number 78. And today, the topic, the main topic, is going to be Windows Update. What happened in the Windows Update land? <clears throat> and why is this month kind of a big one? Well, we'll talk about it, and uh, we'll also talk about some newsy things, and we'll even talk about our webinar that was attended this morning. It was uh, quite fascinating um, how ransomware really got started. They called it ransomware 1.0. And uh, how it's evolved to where it is today, and what uh, no befores Roger Grimes is actually seeing. Now, if you are on Clubhouse and you would like to raise your hand, you may do so, and then I will put everybody on air. Doesn't make sense for me to get Clubhouse on air and then. Nobody else is up here but me. <clears throat> um, so we'll get started with talking about the ransomware problem. And they're actually predicting, no before is, that this is going to get worse. Now I suppose that 
I don't know if I can say for sure that the disabled community will get hit with ransomware. I know that we got hit with a with a virus that pretty much took out blind people's computers and that's how I got started in in the security landscape because I was like, ah, you know, I was reading newsletters and and things and I'm like, you know, I know people, so let's see if we can get this file somewhere so that uh people can be protected. And so this file was an apparent copy of what was once accessible chat ran by Games for the Blind, which no longer exists. Games for the Blind also had uh, lots of other games for its time at about $15 a piece. Very reasonably priced. And, um, so, if you had heard my podcast number three of the technology podcast all those years ago, way back in 2006, we talked about this virus and several people were affected by it. Um, a lot of people didn't run it, but a lot of people did in the blind community and ransomware is sort of delivered the same way it starts out with an email of some sort of phishing or social engineering saying you have to do this and then it sort of goes from there. Uh, What we're learning is something quite interesting, and maybe after I edit the file, we will play the podcast, uh, the, the recorded file that I did. Roger and Know Before want this to get out so we basically can do what we want. And we will credit no before as we always do. It doesn't seem like there's a timeline. Um, but, but it was very, very interesting that what they're saying is version 3.0 of the, pan, uh, of the uh, pandemic of ransomware, not to be confused of, of the COVID pandemic. I want to I make that clear right off the bat that the ransomware pandemic version 3 is going to be tactics of all kinds anywhere from DDoS the distributed denial of service attack to um, the double extortion there have been talks of triple extortion and quadruple extortion but they're going to be doing different types of tactics depending on the company. And they are going to see about which one would be more beneficial to them. Version 1.0 was the typical ha-ha, we got you um, 
because they would get you to run a file and the file would do stuff. It wouldn't necessarily encrypt your computer. It would just make the files unreadable by humans, according to what Roger was saying. And to fix it, you would have to pay. So that's where the first ransomware, ransomware really got started in the in the nineties, it was it was quite fascinating. Um, now, we all been tricked with scareware. The here's a version of AVG, and it's going to clean your computer. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, I got bit by it because I wanted something free and I wanted something that I knew would work but I didn't remember the website so what did I do? Did a search found something that said AVG looked at the URL and thought huh maybe this is it brand new computer started telling me that I had a virus and I said absolutely not this is not the right program my father at the time got Windows, well, what is now known as uh, Windows Defender, and while I don't like Windows Defender, sadly, Microsoft Security's Essentials is what it was at the time, and what, it, what is now known as Windows Defender actually is the only antivirus tool out there that is known to deal with ransomware um, at least what Roger was saying I know Tran Micro has web protections and other aspects in place to, to help protect you and Trend Micro is a very good company unfortunately I don't know if the program is accessible anymore I used it at the time and I'd really like to try and use something like them again so um, I know that we just lost our clubhouse listener but that's okay they can come and go as they want but people need we need to know what's out there so that we can make sure that we are protected you know just because I have people in the blind community who listen to this program and listen to the technology podcast and listen to other things that I do. Um, you know, I, I have seen things and as JJ at No Before has said, sharing is power. If we don't get the information out, how is anybody going to learn what is going on so that they can be protected as much as they can. And I feel that this morning's webinar is a step in that right direction because it does talk about what might be coming. You know, you could, you could in theory, have your customers be... Targeted by a ransomware gang who, 
will go ahead and decide that since you're not going to pay within a week, and yes, they said within a week, ransomware gigs get paid. Um, they could choose to go after your customers. And what was very interesting about the webinar was the fact that you don't know how they're going to target you or when. And they could be in your network right now. So that is a little bit about the webinar. When I get it uploaded, or when I get it available, um, we will we will play that webinar. Maybe it'll be a technology podcast. Um, because I, I honestly feel that the you know some of these webinars I've been holding on to um, should be got, gotten out, especially this one. And uh, I am going to another one tonight. So uh, we'll see how that one goes. That one's actually ran by Sands Institute. I thought it was another um, no before thing, but I forgot that it was a Sands Institute thing uh, until I got emailed about it. So it's definitely a busy time here at the Jared Reimer Network. And uh, I really want people to know what's going on and, and what's out there because... You know, if I'm protecting the network, which includes 98.6 The Mix, the Jared Reimer Network, the Music Education Network for the Visually Impaired, and all of the other websites that I run, then, and then I need to know what's going on. And the only way to do that is to keep myself informed with webinars like that. So that's pretty much what the webinar was about. And uh, if you're listening on the stream and you would like to comment, you can tweet me live at 986themix. I'll monitor that Twitter feed. If you're listening on the podcast, you can tweet me at J-R-I-M-E-R 2008. You can email or iMessage me, J-A-R-E-D-R-I-M-E-R at 986themix.com. Text or WhatsApp message me at 804-442-6975. You can also, if you're listening via the Tech Podcast, email me at tech at menvi.org that's t-e-c-h at m-e-n-v-i dot org and um, so that's a little bit about what the webinar was about and I, I found it very interesting and um, I'm hoping that uh, in the uh coming weeks uh, we will go ahead and have ourselves a, a review of this and uh, you know, even if I put it up on the podcast if people want to talk about it they can um, maybe I'll 
put it up on SenseSpace and I'll allow people to download it for a month or so without having it specifically for a podcast. We'll see. But uh, I really want people to understand, you know, what's out there. I need to understand it. And I hope that you guys will take the time and understand it with me so that we can all be protected and we can tell our friends. That's what Know Before wants and that's what I want to do. Well, I don't see anybody on Clubhouse at the moment, but that's okay. Our biggest topic is going to be Windows Update, and I know that uh, we actually have a bigger topic, but this week on this program, I am going to do Windows Update, and maybe next week um, I will do a a more extensive um, talk on something that actually... Um, is a big time problem and and I'll talk about it a little bit in our news section but maybe I'll put this out uh, on a podcast too because uh, Terry actually contacted me and told me by phone that he had something big and it is big I actually read the article late last night Um, I was trying to get it to work, but it wasn't working. I responded to him, and then it popped up. Um, I got the link because I do want to blog about it, and it talks about uh, the Olympics, and the Olympics will be coming up. So uh, we will talk about that this Saturday on the um, Throwback Saturday Night. I will talk about it next week as part of the security box and um, we, we, we have got we have got topics that we could probably find uh, for many podcasts to come so Alright, so Windows Update. Now this is a weekly well, it's not a weekly event, but it's a weekly thing with software if you will, depending on what piece of software you're running, depends on when they release updates that may fix bugs and, and otherwise. Some vendors will release software once a month. Some will only release when they want to put new features and bug fixes all in one. And all kinds of other stuff. But Windows does it once a month and they roll patches. But they actually ended up breaking one because it actually made VPN services not work in uh, some cases on both 
Windows 10 and 11. And so this week, they actually released an out-of-band patch to fix that. And it's not common, but it can happen. Um, So, you know, there are probably other pieces of software that are probably doing the same thing. Oops, we found a problem. We need to fix another update. I've seen it done with Clump Deck where something wasn't working and they put out an update and then they pushed out an update saying, oops, we need to fix this. So this fixes something that wasn't quite right. And so... That is where we are. That's what happened with Microsoft this week. And I don't want to give them egg on their face. I mean, they're a large company. They they run many different programs. You know, they're trying to patch things as quickly as they can. And so, you know, what are we going to do? The problem with this Windows update, though, is that it includes a wormable flaw, meaning that you can get this by hardly doing anything. Maybe, you know, it will infect you by sending you an email and saying, here's a patch for something, and you know, you'll get tricked into installing it and then it'll go infect you and do do other things. But that is the biggest problem we have. And I will talk about this. The article that I blogged and you will see in our show notes is going to be titled Wormable flaw leads January 22, uh, 2022 patch Tuesday. The author of the article is Brian Krebs, and the publication we got it from was Krebs on Security. We're going to try and, and make sure that our notes, at least when we talk about them, tell you where things are gotten from um, so that... If they come across the podcast, they know that we are linking to them, and that uh, you know this isn't something that I that I've written, even though I wrote it in a note f- form for myself. And so. We'll continue along. I know I see I have no listeners up, but again, this is going to be educational. Maybe people will find this of value. Um, you know, I do have podcast listeners, and you podcast listeners can contact me at any time. I really welcome the feedback. And if you have any questions or what have you, 
You can submit them, and if you want to be on air, and you don't have Clubhouse, but you want to call, you can call into the phone lines, and um, I can do a taping, and, and I can make it work to where you can have your voice heard, too. So I wrote in the article, in the notes, that if we thought Windows Update has uh, been bad before, right? So many, many months, we would have over a hundred patches, and then we would have, you know, forty or fifty, and then another hundred. So, if we thought Windows Update has been bad, January 2022 leads us off with a bang. With a wormable flaw. In the first paragraph of Brian's article, says, quote, Microsoft today released updates to plug nearly 120 security holes in Windows and other supported software. Great. <clears throat> you know, 120 is not <clears throat> necessarily a good number. I mean, you really want there to be hardly anything. But Windows is so massive. And, you know, the other pieces of software, too. You got, you know, Office that's affected. You got SharePoint that's affected. You got, you know, th these are all part of what Microsoft patches as part of their monthly patch. So it's not just Windows itself. It's Windows, it's Office, it's, it's SharePoint. It's um, all kinds of, of things. And so... It is a very interesting time right now. And what I'm going to do for the Clubhouse replay is put up the article that uh, will allow you guys who want to listen to the uh, replay a chance to check out the article as I go through it. And of course, it will be on the blog. Now check this out. Six of the vulnerabilities were publicly detailed already, potentially giving attackers a head start in figuring out how to exploit them in unpatched systems. More concerning, Microsoft warns that one of the flaws fixed this month is, quote, wormable, unquote, meaning no human interaction would be required for an attack to spread from one vulnerable Windows box to another, end quote. Now, I'm sure it has to start somewhere, right? So somebody 
had to have gotten something that would start the chain that would start infecting Windows machines, correct? I don't think that just putting something on the internet on some web server would spread would make it spread. Somebody has to run it. That's unless I'm absolutely wrong and if somebody knows more about how this thing would work, I, I, I would I would greatly appreciate it because uh, my understanding is that it has to start somewhere. But anyhow, I'm writing now that the article says that 9 out of the 120 security problems fixed are critical and could lead to remote access to the vulnerable machine. Now, I think Microsoft, although I don't, I'm not picking on them when I say this, but I think Microsoft needs to redo Windows completely. I know Windows 11 is out and I know that some people in my community are running it and JAWS and NVDA are running on it. But I'm wondering if Microsoft actually needs to take a couple of years go through the underlying code of how Windows works have maybe a, th a third party look at it I'm not saying Steve Gibson necessarily but some coder who would go through the operating system code and see if they could spot anything that would be problematic now I know Microsoft is one of these companies that wants to keep stuff in for compatibility's sake and I get it but maybe it's time at some point to remove old code like the code that would run SSL version 1.0 uh, for example we know that TLS 1.2 is the most secure TLS out there, although 1.3 is also out there and is compatible with 1.x. And I do know that some servers will probably never get updated, which is why they leave all that code in there, because if that's what the server understands for secure connection, you don't want to leave people not being able to access that server. Well, maybe it's time 
for that server to get upgraded? Why are we running old servers? And why is Windows or any other operating system have to have all this code that is absolutely necessary if like 1% of websites aren't updated to at least SSL 3.0 or TLS 1.0 in the in the security space for security certificates? It's just a thought, anyway, and I, I don't. I'm not gonna say who should do this, and I don't know if it'll ever happen. But maybe Windows and other operating systems need to take a hard look at what's there and what is absolutely necessary. And I was only using the SSL TLS as an example. There might be other things. There, there were, there has been print nightmare, and Microsoft still hasn't gotten it right because the point and print functionality, which the blind community wouldn't use, because you actually would have to be able to see enough to point at something to get it to print. But is that obvious? Is that absolutely necessary? I remember hitting Control P looking to make sure that I was on the right printer and printed whatever I want. Now I don't print anything. I don't have a printer here. Um, you know, um, that's... That's what the deal is. The most severe, according to the article is a CVE number of CVE 2022, so that's 2022, 21907. That paragraph says, quote, by all accounts, the most severe flaw Addressed today is CVE 2022-21907. A critical remote code execution flaw in the, quote, HTTP protocol stack, end quote. Microsoft says the flaw affects Windows 10, and Windows 11, as well as servers 2019 and server 2022. And I noticed that I didn't fix, I thought I fixed all of the broken things because I was reading this file for a segment for Saturday, but as I said, that's going to change. But, uh, it's all good. Now, <clears throat> the HTTP stack, I mean, I don't understand every aspect of Windows, and, and I will tell you that I don't. But it basically allows Windows to understand, you know, that HTTP is for the browsers and 
whatever browser is the default, that's what it'll open, and then the browser takes care of the rest. I don't really understand what the stack actually does, and I'm not qualified to answer those questions. But the fact that it affects Windows 10 and 11 means that this has been out for a while. I don't know how long Server 2019 has been around, but Server 2022 probably has been around only as long as 2022 has, unless they ship 2022 before um, the turn of the new year. I'm not completely sure. You'll have to do some research on your own if that is what how you are affected by this. And that is one reason why you want to make sure your Windows is up to date because I'm running 10 and I, I browse the web. You know, I play Night Manager and I also do other things on the web. Like I was searching for something specific and came across that Windows update article. And uh, so... You know, uh, I, I use the web. So making so sure that Windows understands how to navigate what the web is today is, is very important. The very next paragraph says, quote, Well, this... Uh, definitely... Well, where am I? While this is definitely more server-centric, remember that Windows clients can also run HTTP.sys. So all affected versions are affected by this bug, said Dustin Childs from Trend Micro's Zero Day Initiative. Test and deploy this patch quickly. And their next paragraph says, quickly indeed, and talks about how um, people are, are taking advantage of this. And that's one, re I mean, even though, uh, you know, we, we go to HTTP anything, or we just type a web address and it assumes HTTP, you know, that's all done on the server, but I would assume that HTTP.sys would be used for local stuff and testing. I've never seen the file, so I don't know exactly what it is or how it works, but someone with more qualifications would be able to answer those. So, I'm always looking on Clubhouse to see that there are that if there are people with their hands raised, I bring them up, and then I make I'll make the appropriate adjustments to bring them on air. So that's why we're pausing. So I continue to write. There are also three updates to Exchange Server. And the good news about those three, or as I write these three, is that we need to be tied to the network somehow to be able 
to take advantage of them. So that that's the good news. According to Rapid7, a security company, a quarter of the vulnerabilities affect Edge by Chromium. Those of us who have Edge on our machines should definitely keep it up to date. I don't use Edge. I would pref- I prefer Firefox, but there are times that Firefox doesn't work, like on DLVR, for example. So I use Chrome itself. I have looked at Edge, and Edge is accessible with the with at least the latest version of JAWS, and I have gotten it to work, and it it is uh, pretty compatible in the keys to navigate the web are exactly the same as any other web application, so none of that changes. But if you use Edge as your browser, which I know a lot of blind people are switching over to Edge, you will want to make sure that it is up to date. I don't know if that actually comes as part of Windows Update or if Edge has its own update mechanism. So please make sure that you uh, find out um, and please tell me because I want to get the knowledge out. You know, so we all can learn together on uh, how all of this works so that we can all be kept up to date as much as possible. I would love to keep my edge up to date because if there's ever a time I need to use it, somebody says, I need help with edge, this isn't working, and I run edge, I want to make sure that I'm running the latest version. So please drop me a line and tell me whether Edge is part of the Windows update or do I need to do something specific to get Edge updated and maybe once a month I will do that. I know that Firefox updates regularly. I know Chrome updates regularly. I don't know Edge and I know that you know, Firefox has a ba- uh, uh, a background process, and I know that uh, Chrome, when you run it, um, if it doesn't go checking, you can actually tell it um, menu help about, and if it um, sees it's out of date, it goes, oh, uh, I-, I need to update, and um, it'll tell you. I know Steve talked about that. He would go and and um, close his browser and reopen it for whatever reason, and it still didn't do it. And he would have to nudge it, whether it was Chrome or Firefox, and it would then go, "Oh, uh, hello, uh, yes, I do have an update for you." So, um, none have been exploited in the wild, but six were publicly disclosed disclosed prior to the patches being released. These include two RCE vulns affecting more recent versions of Windows Windows that have more 
open source libraries bundled with them. So that would be 10, 11, etc. Right? We, uh, though, that packaging third party stuff within the operating system could be a bad thing among, it, among itself because if the bug is caused by that third party, we have to go to them and tell them to give us an update and then you have to patch that bundled update as part of your your update and like I said I'm wondering if operating systems itself need need some help alright that one CVE affects the curl library and another CVE affecting the library archive or lib archive for short one of the vulnerabilities that has a CVE affects all supported versions of Office as well as SharePoint server. Again, I didn't list these CVEs because my listeners don't need to know every single CVE number. It is one of these types of things that you just don't need to know. I mean, the article links to them and I don't know if the listenership that I have would be too interested in every single CVE number. I figured the big CVE is appropriate um, for, for, for me to give you the number. Um... But at the same time, I want to make sure that I'm precise on the information I give you. Social engineering will get this vulnerability exploited, says the article. So the one that affects all supported versions of Office, as well as SharePoint, uh, requires some form of social engineering. And... Uh, Again, that goes, uh, I mean, th this ordeal, when we did have our one listener on Clubhouse, you know, social engineering goes back a long way. That's how, that's how phishing got started. Social engineering, you know, telling people, you know, hey, I need this, and somebody would do it, and they got access to stuff on AOL, I mean, it, and, and, and it was all done in a chat room. A portion of the last paragraph covering the update says, quote, other patches, including fixes for .NET Framework, Microsoft Dynamic, Windows Hyper-V, Windows Defender, and the Windows Remote Desktop Protocol. Uh, otherwise known as RDP are available. And all of the CVE numbers, as I said, are linked within the article. And the article will be on the blog, which it is, but it'll also appear once we get the show notes and the podcast up as a link 
on the blog. Please make sure you're updated as possible, I write. It's better to have a vulnerability nobody has patches for and has patched, and you can say you've com you are completely patched, than to have a vulnerability that you didn't patch for when it was available. And so, those are my notes on Windows Update. It's a short write-up, but the article itself was short, and Trend Micro has an article, but somehow I don't have it in my notes, because I would love to see what else is going on, although Brian Krebs does do an awesome job with covering everything. He links to all of the various CVEs. So let's um let's see <clears throat> CVE Stands for Common Vulnerabilities and Exposures. And this particular <coughs> process has been around for a while. I don't know exactly how long it's been around. But it provides a reference method for publicly known vulnerabilities. And so these are information security vulnerabilities and exposures. The United States National Security FFRDC operated by the MITRE Corporation Jaws is saying MITRE but I've heard it pronounced as MITRE maintains this system with funding from the United States National Cyber Security Division of the DHS It was officially launched in 1999 and CVEs are listed both in MITRE system and the National Vulnerability Database. And there's a lot more here but I think what people need to understand is that there are ways to look these up and so 
you know, while there are links available and there are, you know, you can read the articles and so forth, <clears throat> it is best that we try to keep this as simple as possible because I know that my users may not care about every single CVE or want the details of any of it. But there's a lot dealing with um, what the fields are, what the identifiers are. You know, there's a record creation date, obsolete fields. There are references. Changes to syntax, CVE split and merge, search identifiers, the usage, assignment issues, and there is a see also section. There's references and plenty of external stuff. I don't want to go through it all because that's not what the podcast is for, at least for today. But I wanted to make sure that people understood what the CVE stood for. And of course there's CVSS, the Common Vulnerability Scoring System. Now, between the two of them, the CVSS has a 0.0, which means that it's uh, you know you you have to you know it it is a vulnerability but it's not a big deal you know it's harder to to take advantage of it to tens where you pretty much can take over we've had a couple of tens as I've noted in in uh the file that those who listen to Throwback Saturday Night would uh, hear. Uh, We've had a couple of 9.8s. Those are the ones we have to be, you know, uh, concerned about because an actor could do something and there goes your system. Uh, They don't have to do a whole lot. Those are the most critical the medium severity is well we you know it's kind of hard to do but people have gotten it to work and and can get it out there so those are those are like uh 5 to 7s i don't exactly remember though what categories you know, small, medium, and large are. Um, for the for 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 those, so you would have to look that up if that's what interests you. But just know that between these two systems, uh, this is how you're able to know what vulnerabilities are, are most urgent. Anything you see. You know, an 8, 9, and 10 on are your most highly critical 
uh, vulnerability. And all kinds of software get this. I mean, to have 21,000 vulnerabilities in the CVE database is, is impressive in the first month of 2022, but is that because there are more vulnerabilities being reported that are getting CVEs? Probably. Which is a good thing, because then more stuff is getting patched. But then, as we talked about last week with Michelle, you know, a lot of Android isn't going to get patched by that awful 911 bug. And, and, and what was interesting about that 911 thing, we were talking about it as part of the. Herbie Allen show last Sunday. It wasn't talked about on air. It was talked about on Team Talk. And it was one of those that Herbie was saying, even with iOS, you have to provide them your address. And somebody was telling a story how they had to triangulate the cell towers to get help because they even asked where are you and um, the caller said you know, I don't know we're parked on the side of the road um, they were able to triangulate and um, there was, are you driving this car are you, or are you in this car and they said yes I, we know exactly where you are and so that's why I had always said that we should have some form of a landline around for 911. It saved one family to have a landline, but I know that the landline is becoming the distant past. I know I was told that I wasn't to get a landline here. Uh, um, I guess it's fine, but Seriously, um, if I were to have an emergency and I couldn't talk, uh, you know, I don't know. So that's Windows Update in a nutshell. Let's talk a little bit of what is going on in the news. So the news aspect has been interesting. I know that I still have stuff to read on the blog, uh, 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 on the list that have sent that have been sent to me. But we'll go ahead and check out 
what I've posted to my blog at jaredtech.help. I ta- the first post, which is probably going to be the only post today, talks about the uh, fixes patch which broke the VPN services. It was an interesting article to say the least. I read Sands News Bites from yesterday. It has thoughts on the arrests of our evil. Some of our evil's ransomware uh, gang was arrested recently. And we all know that Russia is a safe haven. And we know Russia and China are probably up to no good and I honestly think that that's a ploy to say, oh, yeah, we did it because, you know, you guys, you know, were affected by by the colonial pipeline ordeal and that wasn't cool. Even though our evil sort of said, oops, we made a mistake. And of course, as, as the webinar today said, you know these these ransomware groups like our evil are so good now that they even got PR like companies do. Oh, we're sorry. We, you know, we'll make sure that that doesn't happen again. And um, you know they got the PR to back it up. You know it's like the ransomware groups that have said. We uh, we won't uh, you know attack this that or the other, and then they turn around and do it anyway. There was careful cooperation plans, meaning that we wouldn't mesh uh, meddle in Russia and Ukraine's problems. That was talked about in a clubhouse room that I saw. But there's more to the newsletter, so you can go read it. I have a very interesting (laughs) spam contact form. It was very fascinating. I don't care about the address per se. But the content of the message was interesting to say the least. Greetings, my name is John Lucas. I've been waiting for your response regarding the message I sent you about my client's assets. This is on my contact form. What email? This is the first time I'm hearing from you. Please kindly get back to me because I've received a final notice by the bank regarding regarding this, pretty much. If you happen not to receive my email, kindly let me know so I can resend it to you to read and understand it. 
His email was quite interesting. John Lucas at buzz-attorney.com B-U-Z-Z-A-T-T-O-R N-E-Y dot com You know, I went to buzz-attorney.com and that URL did not exist. Searching for the company name on Google yielded other companies, but not it. And he signs his name, Barrister John Lucas, ESQ, for the, so that's Esquire and Legal, Legal Practitioner and Solicitor. Spain, UK, Sweden, USA, and Germany. And the address is Castellon de la Plana, 201, 28,006, Madrid, question mark, Spain. And then he puts the same information in my comment form in the comment section so he put the bug info as no and he puts that in the you know bug report section then he puts the same information in the comment box of my comment form the same contact bug reporting form at jaredriver.net. Then he has underneath that the submit button line that says submit. Submit your comment to the Jared Reimer Network. All spam forms that I've seen like this have that. And then, I have the user agent. I don't care so much about that. But the remote address was quite interesting. The IP address, according to abuseipdb.com, comes from Sweden and the first report I saw matched the exact report that I got that was two hours prior like what what are they looking for I call I call spam. Absolute spam.
as I said, the domain doesn't exist. At least if you're going to send me some sort of legitimate spam, at least have the domain up and functioning and if it was a law firm, have information up about what the law firm offers. Seriously. I figured maybe I'd call them up and say, guys, um, I just want you to know that I got this email. It says to contact this person at this at, at your company. But I have a suspicion that this is spam. <clears throat> because it's coming from a Swedish IP. Where are you guys located? And do you want a copy of it? Because I can put it in a file, in a text file, and I can get somebody who is responsible for this a link to that file. Besides the headings caused by the way that the formatting is, which I didn't do, I, I, I made some corrections, but beyond that, um, I don't know why the headings appeared, but besides that, was there something else that you could have seen in there that caught your attention from that spam? In the eight eight um, country code is Bulgaria. Did they not think that I'm capable of looking this crap up? And why would somebody in Bulgaria use a Swedish IP that belongs to a transit carrier? on the internet you're basically routing traffic to send me their IP their, their, their bogus forms wow I thought I'd talk about this on my podcast on this podcast because it is a security problem right you had somebody claiming that there's some sort of assets or something you need to deal with. And you get to thinking, okay, maybe I'll call this law firm. Or at least look at the website. And you don't even get... You just get thrown the runaround. I'm not about to call that number. I don't... You know, what, what time is it in Bulgaria? I don't know. Let's see. What time is it in Bulgaria? In Bulgaria, it's 11.40 p.m. By the way, an Amazon package will be delivered today. Okay. I know an Amazon package will be delivered today. So, at the time I'm recording this, it's 11.40 at night, which means that we are 10 hours ahead. <clears throat> or 10 hours behind Bulgaria in Los Angeles.
Um, the other article, which we will be talking more about, is probably something probably something that doesn't surprise me. Toronto Lab finds security vulnerabilities censorship framework in Olympic app in the Olympics app I'm going to do a very specific recording for this Saturday on the throwback Saturday night program which will air at 8 o'clock central time on Saturday in the evening that'll be 6 o'clock Pacific time now this reminds me of stuff I've covered in the past in regards to potential Olympic apps and apparently everybody from athletes to reporters to even citizens going to the Olympics in China, in Beijing, China, must use this app, which apparently allows you to chat. It allows you to give them health data, including any COVID-19 data that they may need. But apparently the article talks about how it collects a whole lot more and the SSL protocol the you know the 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 SSL is broken in the app you know chat should be secure there's not a not a valid SSL certificate so Seriously, this sounds like something we've had before in other Olympics, like, what was it, the 2018 Olympics? No, or was it 16? We were supposed to have Olympics in 20, they were pushed back to 21, and then we're having the Winter Olympics this year. The National Hockey League will not be participating. They're going to try and make up uh, their games that were postponed due to COVID-19. So there will be no NHL players going. As far as I'm aware, that's what I've heard anyway. I don't know if some of them are probably going to go anyway, but um, that's the report. I'll have more on this on next week's security box. I think this is going to be the topic for next week. Because the Olympics are going to start 
in sometime in February. And according to what I heard, the National Hockey League was going to have off between the 2nd and the 23rd to account for those, but they will be playing instead. So we'll see. I have other articles that have been that I either haven't read yet or that I sent and I haven't blogged yet. My goal is to do that over time. If it's old older than a month, I'll probably not blog it, but I'll read it anyway. But boy, you think about nightmares. That should be one of them. Using an app that is telling you that you're going to do this, that it's going to do this, that, and the other. And who knows what it's collecting? For what it's worth. All right, folks. Uh, that's a little bit of news that I've read. I know that there's plenty more that we could talk about. And uh, you never know. Maybe some of it will come up on the show. I would personally like to thank anybody who's come into Clubhouse, even though there wasn't any participation today. I will be ending the room now and allowing it to be on replay for those who want to listen to it. The podcast edition of the program will be made available. Hopefully in the next couple of hours before my next scheduled meeting. And uh, for those who've come on and off the server, I appreciate it. Uh, I know that I, uh, I don't look all the time, so people have probably come and gone. That's great. We will replay the podcasted edition of the program uh, soon. And we'll be back next week. We're out. We'll really get into this uh, article. I think that's what we're going to do next week. Uh, this is a big time uh, article. I, you know, I think we had a big one. Uh, Terry said he found it uh, by doing a search, and he heard about it through his. Chicago TV uh, station WGN but they didn't have anything on the website so I asked him to do a search for me so thank you Terry for that I'm going to go ahead and end the room now and on the podcast edition of the program you'll get a few tunes until next week, everybody, I will return at 11 a.m. next Wednesday. That's 1 p.m. Central, 2 Eastern. 
And hopefully we'll have some sort of turnout if it's meant to have people uh, turning out on the program. Until then, thanks so much for listening. Goodbye. And that ends Clubhouse. Let's go ahead and get some tunes in here. And, uh, Not available in quick navigation mode. I was actually going to play two songs. One of them I actually played is last week's intro to their security segment. And I'll play the second track from the same album because I think it goes hand in hand. Because it, it, the first track abruptly ends. And, uh... Maybe I'll play Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It. I don't have a year on that album. And then we will play the track we normally leave with Another One Bites the Dust. So we're going to play Circle and Trauma, both from the Dark Circle 420s album, First Tape, and that's the only album on their page at Bandcamp. I'm Jared Reimer saying thank you so much for listening to today's program. You may have listened to parts during the live program, and that's all well and good. But if you listen to the program on the podcast, thanks for listening. Email iMessage, J-A-R-E-D-R-I-M-E-R at 986themix.com. Text or WhatsApp, 804-442-6975. And as we are wrapping up the program, Clubhouse is letting me know that the replay is available. You can find me 
on Clubhouse, my username is J-R-I-M-E-R 2021, or search Jared Reimer. You'll find my network club, the Jared Reimer Network, and it's there. And while the podcast edition is going to be a little bit longer than the uh, podcast, actually, it'll probably work itself out because I started the room before the uh, program actually started. And so it may be about the same length, but you don't get any music and you don't get any of that stuff. So for what it's worth, everybody... I will see everybody later. Thank you so much for listening. And goodbye.
Cause then we're making the dash
you going to make it, so dude, keep on doing what you're doing, man. My phone number is area code 909 Give me a call, man. We're getting ready to step out to the Fox Hills Mall right now, but uh, it's Monday morning, about a quarter to 11. Peace. Another one bust the dust, hey, hey! Another one bust the dust, hey! 